You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to a victory edition of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. With me today, once again, my man, Hardball Hards. Follow him on Twitter at Hardball Hards. Mike, so it was a big game last night. Tuesday night, San Antonio, Texas, Alamo Bowl, place that you know Texas fans are familiar with. Uh, but it was still exciting because it was it was a home game. I mean, it, it wasn't that far for them, and obviously they're host, they were hosting Colorado, so to speak, and the fans in the stands and everything of, of that nature. It, it felt like a home game, and so the game starts out. Three and out by Colorado. Texas gets the ball, and B. John Robinson does what B. John Robinson does. Mm-hmm. First drive, two touches, boom, they're in the end zone. B. John Robinson touchdown. They take him out of the game. Offense stalls. Yep. They get the ball back. They put him back in the game. What do you know? Another touchdown. Four touches, 106 yards of offense in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the game. So is your big takeaway as far as the first half? Let's talk about the first half real quick. Your big takeaway is Tom Herman was stopping this Texas offense because they wouldn't play B. John Robinson for the final six drives of that game or the first half, I should say. I I think that I understand that they probably came in with a game plan of trying to, number one, B. John got the start, got his juice going, but they had already planned on the rotation of him and Rojo. But – Roshan Johnson, but as I've talked about this before is what do you consider a hot hand? That's what I've always heard where, you know, you're going to go with the back with the hot hand. If you've got a back that starts off the game with those type of explosive plays, how much hotter do you want it to be? So, uh, so 20 yards per touch wasn't enough. We need 25 right, or 26. I, the numbers, the last two games, Bijan Robinson, 18 and a half yards per touch, six touchdowns, 423 yards of offense, or 443. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how you get any hotter than what Bijan Robinson. That was, you know, early on, and you know, I even tweeted this out, and people, you know, were tweeting at me this morning going, Oh, this this was a bad take. I'm like, no, it wasn't. The fact that I said I do not like this Tom Herman game plan. Why? Because of what we saw. When Bijan was on the on the field, they scored 17 points. When Bijan wasn't, they didn't score anything in that first half. That was my problem. Right. They stalled the offense. And, right. and they made that game way closer than it should have been in the first half. Yeah, they exploded in the second half, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh they had a chance to to put this game away right off the bat. And they and they failed to do it because of I think getting too cute with the rotation. Now you can talk about oh, they had this planned rotation. You gave Bijan three drives compared to the six for Rojo. I don't, I don't get it. Right, and I don't understand how you know. I've seen people talk about the the maturity level. You let a kid like that, that's a five star player, mature on the field. You don't let him mature on the sideline. You go in there and you deal with the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, because you have shown other ways of making things happen to the point that it doesn't benefit your team, and especially because. The biggest thing for me is as a coach, your job is on the line every single day. And if that is sitting 
on the sidelines, you have failed this university, you have failed your team, and you have failed yourself as a coach. Because I've been taught all my life, my best players are going to play. And if that's one of your best players, you got to take feelings and emotions and everything out of there and trying to, you know, coddle some of these kids when the obvious player that every time he touches the ball, something exciting happens, that's a bad look. So when people tell you that's a bad take, no, it's a bad look when Mm -hmm. your most exciting player is sitting on the bench and everybody that has eyeballs and those that who don't can hear the electricity that goes into the game when that kid touches the ball, period. And you could go as far as some of these other young guys that showed up in the game. Uh, we saw a sack from Vernon Broughton. We haven't seen him all season. Right. Uh, when, when you have a, a player who got the only sack of the game and you look at it and go, well, this team hasn't really had much of a pass rush outside of Joseph Asai this season. Why not get him in the game? And, you know, that made me go, okay. Uh, but then we saw Alfred Collins made a ridiculous interception. You talk about these young players that that were showing out last night. And it was almost like, why weren't you playing these guys before? Because you're loyal to guys that have been here before? Well, that's fine. But if if your seat is as hot as the perception is right now, and everybody's gunning for you, Tom Herman, and you're not playing the top guys, that's where I'm 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 kind of lost. But let's get into something positive. I know we want to talk the positive stuff. Well, here's the positives. Let's talk about that second half. And I know you want to talk about your guy. Uh, because he said it right here on the Lockdown Longhorns podcast on your last on your last trip here, you were like, "Get Casey Thompson on the field. Let me see what he's got." And starting in the second half, we saw that. I mean, what what was your kind of your thought process when you saw Casey go out there and just absolutely just sling the ball around? Well, initially, I was like, "Oh, so they're making this move right now. Uh, they feel like they got this game in hand, and they wanted to give Casey a shot." early in the second half so they could see what's happening. Then we find out that Sam Ellinger was hurt. And that's the thing that I sit here and I think about too, is I'll get into how excited I was to watch him play, but this only happened because Sam got hurt. And that's the disheartening part for me because this kid has been loyal. He stuck around. Yeah, he stuck his foot in the transfer portal. You convinced him to stay. He sat here and did everything that you wanted for him. And you didn't give him an opportunity this year to play. And I understand you're sitting there and we've seen this before. We saw this with the Colt McCoy game. And I hate going back to that game, but we saw that because Mac was trying so hard to please people by keeping, keeping uh, Colt McCoy in the game. And I love Colt. I think he and Vince Young are two of my favorite quarterbacks to ever play at the University of Texas. But I sit there and I say, Colt should have been sitting out a little bit to get the younger players, the McDonald's All-American, the Gatorade Player of the Year, the top high school player, Garrett Gilbert, should have been getting some of those reps a while back. Casey should have been the exact same way. Casey should have been getting reps all season. Now, He finally gets into the game and everybody's like, man, I didn't know Casey could do that. You know why? Because you never had an opportunity to watch him 
because they were trying to get Sam Ellinger all these records and wanted him to be up for the Heisman. And all right, well, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar absolutely has changed the game in the energy bar. It's an improved Built Bar that's even more delicious, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream. How about a lemon almond cheesecake? Or you can try the originals. Peanut butter, mint brownie. How about peanut butter brownie? Any combination of brownie and or peanut butter sounds fantastic. The great thing is these are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft, easy to chew, no aftertaste. No chalky flavor. You're not washing it down with a gallon of water. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Actually, got to check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off your order. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. All right, before we get into more of our conversation with Mike Harge, I just want to let you know that betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. With all of these national championship semifinals coming up, you want to make sure that you're getting the most up-to-date information. That's why you got to check out the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers, Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. You know, at the beginning of the season, yes. But when Texas started struggling and the offense wasn't moving the ball, what's wrong with making a change? What's wrong with making a change for a few series and letting a guy like that? You're rotating your running backs. You're rotating uh, wide receivers. You're rotating linebackers. You're rotating safeties. Why couldn't you rotate your quarterback to give him another perspective He wasn't moving the ball. He could sit down for a minute and say, all right, let me regroup. And then you can send him back in there. And and not just that, but uh, how about the fact that we've heard all the reports, the the calf contusions and and the rib injuries and everything that Sam Ellinger has dealt with this year, and you couldn't give Casey Thompson some time? Right. You know, in in a game – and, you know, this is not a knock against them at all, but a game like Baylor – there was no reason why you had to play Sam in that game, right? I I, I right. don't think who the I don't think it mattered who the quarterback was in that game. You know, the, right. the, there were games like that. The Kansas State game, you didn't have to play Sam, right? You put him in. You you get Casey. Like I said, you wouldn't have played him if Sam didn't get hurt. Yes, right. And then now he's sitting there at the podium after the game talking about, no, we're not surprised by what Casey's done. We see it every day. What? That's an indictment on you because you did not show, you didn't let that kid go out there and play to the best of his abilities. And now you're going to sit here. Now everybody's like, man, I'm, I'm done with Sam. Bring, bring Casey. Look how electric he is. Y'all would have been done with him before. If you would have if the kid would have had the opportunity when he first got to the university of Texas, I watched him at practice. I was told, Hey, you need to watch this kid. Let me, let me, let me know what you think. I came out, I was like, man, I don't think he's going to be an accurate passer. I watched him throw three balls, and I watched the ball come out of his hand. That ball jumps out of his hand. He's electric when in the pocket. He can move. Did you see the explosiveness when he took off, when he had his mind made up that that's what I was going to do? It was actually a a called run. Right. And that's why I was going to run her down the field. Right. And that's why I was going to say, 
he doesn't need to run those power sweeps. You know why? Because he's fast up the middle. Mm-hmm. Sam is a power sweep guy. He's not a run up the middle, I can take it to the house type of guy. That's not who he is. But you've had that weapon sitting on the sideline. And instead of giving him opportunities, you, you are trying to protect your golden boy. And he's done great things at the University of Texas, man. But I'm not taking anything away from what Sam has done. But that right there lets you know that, hey, man, we might have been missing out on some other things as well. Yeah, so you, the big takeaway, obviously, I think we both agree, was obviously Bijan was a monster last night. Mm-hmm. Casey came in, and the offense was more dynamic. Uh, the, the thing that I noticed, and, and again – I, I want to reiterate, this is not a shot at Sam because Sam is just not this type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Casey does those things that you really love because he, he has touch and you saw it. I mean, he can, uh, he can move around the pocket. He's not a Sam, so he's not going to be, you know, sweeping outside left. I mean, he can because nobody's going to beat him to the corner because he's so fast. Uh, but he throws with anticipation, which is the one thing mm-hmm. that Sam doesn't do. And every NFL scout that I talked to said that was their biggest issue with Sam throwing outside the numbers and, you know, down the field and being accurate. Uh, and you saw it on that play, that 73-yard bomb to Kelvante Dixon, where they finally get a, you know, Dixon, uh, who is uh, Keontae Ingram's younger brother. I watched him at Carthage. I've spent plenty of time in East Texas. This guy is fast, and, right. and he can get beyond a defense. And I think that's what's, you know, outside of a Brennan Eagles, this team didn't have that deep guy. They really didn't. And then you see Calvante Dixon, you're like, why wasn't he getting some snaps before now? Right. You wanted, you wanted to play the walk on Kai Money, but Calvante Dixon, he's he's dynamic. Right. You know, and again, it speaks to what you were saying. Who else has been sitting on that sideline and not doing it? And I don't want this to be all negative. So right, let's right. stick with the positives. Casey Thompson, the offense looked more dynamic. Him and Bijan were absolutely fantastic. Uh, but you know, when, when you see those, those, he makes those throws, uh, like how excited does that get you for 2021? So I, this is my whole thing. If Sam Ellinger does decide, Hey, I'm coming back for 2021. There's no doubt in my mind, there should be an open quarterback competition. And I think Casey would win because I think Casey, uh, he, this offense looks completely different with him. And I don't just mean what we saw in the field. You call the offense differently because of what he can do. Right. And I don't think, but but here's the thing. I don't think there's going to be an open competition if Sam decides to return, which means that a guy like Casey Thompson, as I said, who's waited his time, he's done everything that you would want. Casey's about to graduate in May. And have three years of eligibility. And have three years of eligibility left. Am I going to sit here one more year and sit behind a guy that, I personally feel I'm better than there's no way because that's the competition that's there because, because in all actuality, it doesn't look like he got a fair shake. Now, again, I'm not trying to dump on Sam. I, 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 you said it at the beginning at the opening, you love Sam. A lot of people love Sam. I've, I've, I've loved some things that he's done at this university but when you see that, regardless of the competition that people want to say Colorado, uh, he did, they, they're not up to par, that's fine. He still has to go out there and perform. Right. He still has to make those throws. And he made those throws, and they were dime throws. 
You said it a little while ago. He shuffles his feet in the pocket and he just flipped the wrist, hit it, threw it over two dudes and caught Cade Brewer in stride. Those are the type of things that we've missed on certain pass patterns that we've underthrown guys or thrown the ball out of bounds. And, and I just think that Texas could have so many more explosive plays if you have a quarterback that can move around and possibly take it to the house by just running or flipping the ball down the field like that 73-yard touchdown pass to Kalante, I mean, Kalante Dixon. Are we ready for some more college football? We have the New Year's Six Bowls coming up, including the two college football playoff semifinals. The final week of the NFL regular season is here. There's only one place that's got you covered, one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. If you want to figure out Clemson, should you take Clemson in that game? Should you take Alabama in their game? You'll find out using betonline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget that promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. All right, before we wrap up the conversation, I want to remind you, Wednesdays on Locked On NFL, take a dive into the future of your favorite NFL franchises. Tony Wiggins and Jane Rapian are joined every week by a Locked On NFL draft expert to talk about prospects, the upcoming draft, young NFL players fresh in the league. Did your team have a big rookie performance this week? Did you watch C.D. Lamb last week? Or are they shaping up to get a premier pick in the NFL draft? Maybe you want to hear about Trevor Lawrence heading to Jacksonville. Get everything you need Wednesdays on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast. Well, I'm just going to say this. And and I know a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, 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 calm it down. When I watched Casey Thompson play, I'm telling you, I thought he was wearing number 12 because that reminded me of Cole McCoy. Well, just, he's just so he, – he's effortless. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it yeah. is effortless. But it's just like when he was throwing, just – I don't know. It just had it had that same vibe, right? Where you know Colt was athletic enough that he could move around, he could run, uh, but he was a much better passer than we've seen in 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 years. And, and so when when I saw that, it, it kind of had it reminded me uh, defensively. Yep, the Marvin Overshow. That my is God. a dud in the making. Uh, I don't care if he's wearing seven armbands, eight armbands, 12 <laughs> armbands. Wear as many as you want because when you played like the way you played, fumble recovery, interception, make a big play, two quarterback hurries. He and, and uh, Alfred Collins get me really excited about this defense next year because I was wondering. I'm like, you're losing to Quan Graham. You're losing Joseph Asai. Who's who's the guy? Right. Who's, who's the guy going to come out? And I know we're going to get excited about Jatavion next year because he's going to play both sides, but – Marvin Overshone just he proved that moving from safety was the best decision that he ever made. Well, the biggest thing that he needed to do was buy in. The kid was athletic. He was probably thinking he was one of the top three safeties in the country when he was coming out of uh, ARP. And I mean, he's just a ball player. And I remember his freshman year, uh, the spring game, he hit Casey Thompson twice on the goal line. He was wearing number 31 at that time. Casey Thompson was trying to get outside and thought he was going to get into the end zone. And he hit Casey Thompson so hard that I was like, who is that? And then Casey tried to do it again and he popped him again. And I was like, 
this kid needs to be on the field. And then he bought in. He didn't get a chance to play that much. He was on special teams, got a few games here and there. But once he got his opportunity and he bought into the fact that, what do he say, he, he's, he thinks of himself as a cam chancellor. He wants to be that cam chancellor in that position, that weak side. I can see that happening because the kid is instinctive. He can ball. And again, he was playing safety. He had to learn how to be tough in the box because he was a free safety. He wasn't a strong safety. So those guys had to adjust. And once he adjusts, that light went off and he started to, to really, really shine. And I give a lot of credit to what um, uh, Chris Ash, who got that defense improved by the end of the year when he finally got his time to work. I think him and uh, both him and Hutzler have a lot to yep. do with yep. with that. And, and you're right, he had to buy in because, you know, Ash had to come in and, and convince him to move to linebacker. And now, uh, you know, based on, you know, I talked to scouts last night and they said that guy has his first round pick and linebacker written all over him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, and if he comes out next season and he does the same thing, and I think a full season in the position, a full off season, I think he's just going to be that much better. You know, because early on in the season, it was clear that Jawan Mitchell was your best linebacker. Yep. I don't even think it's close now. I, I, I think it's DeMarvin Overshone, everything he can do now with the ability to rush the passer, be physical, as you, as you talked about. Uh, he can drop into coverage, as we saw, get the interception. He can cause fumbles, you know, get the ball for the offense. You know, so I, I think when you look at it all the way around, uh, that guy is just dynamic and he's going to be dynamic. Um, yeah. You mentioned Alfred Collins and mm -hmm. uh, I think he's going to be exceptional on the front side, but let's not forget about Vernon. It has already been brought in. Mm -hmm. he, he, he got a chance to shine a little bit. He made some plays, made a big sack. I mean, he's, he's, he did some things yesterday that we thought he was going to do early, but again, Let's not babysit these five-star, four-star players. Get them out there and let them learn by trial, by error. They have to do it. They have to be in the line of fire to understand the speed of the game. And I know practice, and they keep talking about it. The game and practice are totally different. Here's, here's my question to that. I want to ask you this. Give me your opinion on it. Okay. We hear about practice all the time, especially yep. Tom Herman. Oh, best practice right. on Sundays. Best practice on Sunday, <laughs> every Sunday. Mm -hmm. my, my question is, at what point, if, if you constantly, constantly talk about these great practices, right, and, and you go out and you throw an egg on, on Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. my question is, if they're not translating, what's the problem here? No, it, it's, it, it falls solely on the coaching staff. And, and, and you brought up a great point. Why are we babysitting these these guys? Why are we babysitting Bazan Robinson? I know Tom Herman came out and said, I don't want to overload the freshman. Hey, you can't overload the freshman because you don't ever put him in a game. Right. Especially early on. And then I think to your point about Casey, he was Casey was forced into action because Sam hurt his throwing shoulder. Yeah. I think if that was Sam's left shoulder, he's playing the rest of that game. Right. Uh the same thing happened to Bijan, though, early on, if you remember. Yep, yep. Keontae got hurt. He had the fumbling issues. Roshan got hurt. So they had to play the freshman. It right. was like they had no choice. And then when he got out there, he was dynamic. And, uh, you know, he made that offense hum. I mean, we saw it against West Virginia. I mean, we could go on and on. We saw what right. he did against Kansas State. We saw it last night. And, you know, I think, I think you bring a valid point. But, yeah, they need to start in maybe a full season where they have 
a full 12 games and they have all those uh, those three non-conference games, that helps you to get the guys in because you expect to to win those games handedly depending on who you're playing. Uh, you know, so I think those are going to be some more opportunities. And we got another, you know, set of young, talented guys coming in, a J.D. Coffey, uh, Ishmael Ibrahim, Jatavion Sanders, you know, those guys, I think they're going to have to work them in. Uh, let's, let's, let's get to this part of the show real quick. I want to talk about what players stood out for you last night. I mean, I know we, we can make the easy answers. You uh-huh. can say a Bijan. You can say a Casey. I, I want to know who's one player that you watched last night and stood out. Well, you, you brought him up earlier, Kevontae Dixon. He came out and made even the pass that Sam threw that they called it hit the turf. That was a great catch. That was a great catch. An underthrown ball. He got his hands underneath. They said it hit the ground. Okay, so be it. He played well. The offensive line played outstanding yesterday. You know, they were opening holes left and right. I think they got into a rut when we kept calling all those pass plays. And that's when Sam, I think that one drive, he threw the ball three plays in a row, one behind the line of scrimmage, two on the outside, incompletions, came back again, did it again. And they didn't let Bijan touch the ball. But that offensive line was was playing outstanding and I'm going to say on offense I'm going to say Jake Majors stood out to me he played well on defense (laughs) that Jet Bush man I don't even understand it that kid always seems to be around the football he makes plays um in the safeties uh Thompson played really really well again and Jade Barron Jade Barron I know he got a, a pass interference called on him but that kid was in the right position the entire time but the guy that stood out the most to me was Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson made a ton of plays yesterday. So oh. I'll say Josh Thompson and Jake Majors, offense and defense. Okay. Uh, I will I will go with your team, and I'm going to say Andridge Carrick. Oh, yeah. In two games, going back. Okay, so that he played against the second half against Kansas State and then the game in the Alamo Bowl. He's played 87 offensive snaps in two games. He's given up zero pressures. None, nada, nothing. That's awesome. That's beautiful. And, and uh, it's funny because uh, I tweeted at that boy, Hawk. I let him know, Donald yeah. Hawkins. I was like, hey, your boy, he's doing really good. He's doing really good, 87 offensive snaps. So he was – he was, and I, I like where you went with our Jake Majors. Yeah, he gave up one pressure, happened to be a sack, but he's a freshman. Right. You know, and, and the fact that, you know – you and I hate to bring this up again. We've been talking about it, but it makes you wonder with all the issues that they had at right tackle and they didn't want to play Derek Kerstetter over there. You don't want right. to play Andre Carrick, right? And they're showing these, you know, again and then and. But I've I've been very open with my criticism of one Herb Hand. Mm-hmm. So uh, that 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 to me, it just doesn't fall on Herm. That falls on Hand for me because he's the one that's setting the starting rotation for your offensive line. Um, you but know. I will say this in, in Herb Hand's defense, we just named off a bunch of young guys that were impressive. Mm-hmm. So the development is getting there. I right. think a lot of them, he had to break some old habits of some other guys. Right. It, you know, it was great. You got to see Logan Parr out there. Mm-hmm. Another one of the ends. Yeah. I mean, so well, they played four quarterbacks yesterday. Exactly. I mean, Ben Ballard. Ben Ballard from Hyde Park here in Austin, Texas. 
got an opportunity to get into the game and he slid early. I thought he was going to try to run. Yeah, I saw it. it. (laughs) You know, it's funny about that is uh, so I'm sitting there watching the game and they were like, okay, well, Casey's in. All right. Hudson cards in. And then somebody says the fourth quarterback's in and I'm like, Who's the fourth quarterback? <laughs> ben Ballard? Walk on? What? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was cool. That was great that he got in, you know. I mean, because yep. for a lot of these kids, they don't get those moments, you know. Right. And you're you're blowing out uh, an opponent that, you know, and should have been in the conversation for the Pac-12 championship, you know, that, that crazy thing. But, you know, it, it wasn't like they were beating scrubs. Right. Um, you know, they, they were – I mean, say what you want to say about the Pac-12. Uh, I'm gonna. I got a name for you here that I thought he stood out to me, and I, you know, and I, he's kind of been a forgotten man. Uh, Reese Latow, he was he he led the team in tackles along with Jaron Thompson and Demarvin Overshone, uh, kind of playing that that Jack role. Mm-hmm. He was listed as the backup to Joseph Asai for most of the season. You know, he stood out for me, you know, so we're actually a guy that was playing tight end last year, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he, he switches over from tight end. Uh, well, I mean, tight end was kind of crowded. Yep. Uh, you know, a, a guy that I'm looking forward to watching, hadn't got to see yet, uh, Braden Lybrock yep. out of Arizona. Fantastic pass catcher. I can't wait to see him. Uh, Jared Wiley, who we didn't even get to see because I think he was still dealing with injury uh, with a shoulder issue. Um, you know, so we got to see the Cade Brewer show again. Yep. Uh, and then Malcolm Epps. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's where we're at. And, and uh, Mike, I want to thank you for hopping on the show, breaking this down. And we're going to talk a lot more. Uh, as the off season rolls on, because I, I still feel like there's a lot to get to. Absolutely. I'm with uh, you 100% on that. There, there, there is so much, I mean, I know the season's officially over, but uh, we still got a recruiting class to, to finalize in February. Yep. And then obviously there's still a lot to break down in this game. Probably gonna be talking about this game for weeks. It seems like, because there was just so much to, to digest. And the Herman right. thing has not died down either. So no, no, that's isn't cover. that the funny thing? Yep. You win a you win a bowl game by 32, and people are still like, I don't care, you gotta go. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, amazing it's, the world that we live in, man. Friend. It's yeah, it is, it is. And I mean, I got my own personal opinions on that Herman situation, and so do you. And we'll and we'll yeah. probably get into that at a later time. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's gonna do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast for Mike and Patrick. And I'll see you tomorrow. Hook them. <laughs>